Welcome. You are listening to Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. We hope today's message helps you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thank you for listening. My name is Barrett. I'm one of the pastors here and incredibly thankful uh, to have you join us today. Um, I know that there are many people who are new today. I met several students this morning from who are just started with SCO. I'm looking at you guys right here. Uh, welcome. If you just started with SCO today, um, we're super thankful that you guys uh, have chosen to invest your season in Memphis uh, and in school. Um, the rest of all the students are very jealous of you because they had to start four weeks ago. We had our student Sunday then, but here you are today, and we're super grateful that you guys are here. Um, we are a church. We started in a living room on Mud Island, and uh, we have grown uh, to who we are to this day, a church who is sincerely committed in love for Jesus and faith in his love for us, his life for us, live for us, for our righteousness. Uh, he died for us, for our forgiveness. He rose again for us that we might have new life in God, which is why we were created to have life in God. So we are people who sincerely love Jesus, and we live by faith in his love for us and what he did for us. We know that his grace is sufficient, and I proclaim that to you today. His grace is sufficient for you. And we also sincerely love one another, and we are committed uh, to live in a family here in this downtown area of Memphis and to do what we can. We're in a season right now where Memphis really needs uh, Christians, right? Memphis really needs a hope, needs light, needs help. And we're in a season right now where we are committed uh, to foster a merciful and missional presence here in this city that we love. And we're doing that one neighbor at a time. And I'm just so thankful that you're with us this morning. Well, today I'm excited to be able to conclude, you guys, our Engage August series. Today will be the last installment of uh, a series that has been really fruitful over this last month of August, and today, of course, being September, but we're going to pretend like it's still August, okay? Because um, we're kind of ending this season. But we've been looking at some foundational things in the life of our church. Um, we've been talking together around what it looks like in these ends and ahead for each of us to be committed to be a disciple of Christ, to live and surrender in the season that God has given us right here and right now, to live mercifully and missionally in our city, to be invested in the life of our church. And today, I get the privilege of sharing with you um, about a call to desperate dependence. And today, to give an invitation to you personally and pastorally for you to really yield your heart to the Lord in this season that is to come in prayer in greater ways than you have ever experienced. This morning, I am inviting you and from God's word, I want to implore you to really take seriously an invitation today from God to learn what it means to grow in dependence upon him, to grow in an abiding life with him, and to really learn what it looks like to live all of your life in prayer. It's been on our heart for some time as an elder team, especially as we were coming out of this last season, we really sensing from the Lord that it's something that needs to grow in each of us, and it needs to grow in us as a church 
that we really need to spend time talking about, and not just talking about, because part of the reason I'm up here in the timing that I'm up here earlier in the service than normal is because we don't just need to talk about this, but we actually need to give space for this in our church life to really give time for prayer. So this morning, I'm excited to teach a message, an abbreviated message called A Call to Desperate Dependence. If you're taking notes this morning, I would encourage you to do so. A Call to Desperate Dependence, Engaging in Prayer. We have several measures of discipleship discipleship here at ICC that we use to kind of talk about, hey, look, if you want to, to really kind of know what someone who has a real fruit of the Spirit in their life, if you want to know what their life is kind of marked by when they're sincerely trusting and following Jesus, here's some things that you'll see. Desperate dependence is on the list, gospel centrality, covenant community, passionate purpose, missional mindset, and expanding discipleship. And we talk about these at nauseum here at ICC. These are things we're committed to shepherd you in. Uh, we want to see these things growing in your life at all times and in all seasons as you're trusting and following Jesus. But first and foremost on this list, and not coincidentally is it first, is desperate dependence. Now we define desperate dependence as this, a posture of abiding in God's presence longing for God's power and depending upon God's promises. If you've taken notes this morning, I encourage you to write that down, but I'd like for all of us to try reading this together this morning. A posture of abiding in God's presence, longing for his power and depending upon his promises. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about is this call for you to live your life in desperate dependence upon the Lord. There's a day in Jesus' day when he got mad. Has anybody ever heard of the day that Jesus got mad? Some people may not be familiar with the story. It comes from Mark chapter 11, if you've got your Bible. Mark chapter 11. There was a day in his life and in his ministry, where the scripture records, he got pretty frustrated. Now we know that there, it is possible to be angry and to not sin. Jesus was sinless. His sinless life is our righteousness. And so we know Jesus in this moment was not sinning against the Lord or sinning against anyone else. He was expressing a righteous frustration at something that was going on that he observed that should not have been going on because it was not aligned with God's heart, with God's will. Mark chapter 11, if you've got your Bible and if you're there, starting in verse 15, it says, and they came to Jerusalem and he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers.
What made Jesus so frustrated that day? What made him so frustrated as he entered into the church and what he saw was tons of activity going on. He saw people setting up, trying to commercialize essentially the industry of people needed to make sacrifices and they're selling animals and they're doing it at higher prices, basically robbing folks who are going in to worship, taking advantage of the situation. There's all kinds of activity, hubbub, bustle in the church space. But what he did not see was the thing that he was most desirous to see. And that was the totality of the people who had gone into that space actually doing the one thing that God desires the most, and that is seeking God sincerely with their whole hearts. He went in frustrated, basically overturning all the things that were not supposed to be there, and then turning around and teaching them, hey, there is only one thing that should mark this space. You've made it about all this other stuff, but the most important thing, you've neglected. Is it not written, he appeals to Old Testament scripture, my house shall be called a house of prayer, a house of prayer for all the nations. The one thing, Jesus is saying, the one thing that I want, my priority for my people is prayer. And truly, his priority for his people is prayer. And to understand prayer, it's not the activity of prayer as much as it is this thing that goes on in our heart. This dependence, depending wholly upon God. His priority for his people is depending wholly upon God. And his priority for you is depending wholly upon God. His priority for you is to be a person of prayer. And his priority for you is to be a person who depends in all things wholly upon God. I wonder, what is our church known for? There are many answers that are possible to that question. But I wonder, is our church known as a church that seeks God wholeheartedly? Are we known as a people that depend upon the Lord? Are we known as a church that prays? Are we known as a church that in all and in all situations and in all things, we will seek the Lord. I get burdened sometimes, and I've been guilty personally and pastorally at times, of being filled with lots of activity, our church or even my own life, filled with activity, making it about this or that, and even things in the name of God, in the name of ministry, good things but become very busy things, but filled with activity that perhaps are not the most essential things. 
This reminds me of the story of Martha and Mary, where Martha's upset because Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus looks at Martha after she basically demands that Mary get up and do something, and he goes, oh, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled about so many things, but there's only one thing that's necessary. And Mary, who's chosen to prioritize being with me and sitting at my feet and receiving from you and depending upon me, Mary has chosen the greater portion. She's chosen the most essential thing. And how many times, right, are we known for the busy things and perhaps not the most essential thing? What are we known for as a church? Jesus says, my house shall be known as a house of prayer. My people shall be known as a house of prayer. I just wonder about you. What are you known for? Are you known as a person? Talking to you. Are you known as a person? Do your friends know you as a person that depends upon the Lord? Do your classmates know you as that? Do your neighbors know you as that? Do your family members know you as that? Are you known by your dependence upon God? Are you known as one who sits at his feet and receives from him and depends wholly upon him? Jesus is saying to us, I want my church to be known for prayer. I want, if, if there's anything that you be, be known for, let it be your sincere heart of dependence upon me. That's what I want you to be known for. His priority for his people, depending wholly upon God. I gotta ask you a question, ready? If you got to ask Jesus one question, what would it be? There's probably a lot of things running through your mind right now. Well, there was a day, um, Luke chapter 11, when the disciples, actually got their opportunity and they had an opportunity to ask Jesus a question. Now the question that the disciples asked, you ready for it? There's several questions that they asked along his life and ministry. So it's not the only question, but think about it. They got a front row seat, right? They got a front row seat to his life, front row seat to his ministry. And they have these rare moments of time with him and, and he's actually opened himself up and he's like, hey guys, ask, what, what, what do you want to know? Luke chapter 11, verse one. If you got your Bible, you can look at it. If not, you can just look at the screen. It says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I love this question because here the disciples are, right? They're front row seat to the life and ministry of Jesus. They've seen him teach with authority. They've seen him heal the sick. They've seen him rebuke the righteous. They've seen him correct the religious. They've seen him feed the hungry. They've seen him cast out demons. They've seen him forgive the worst of sinners, make those who are paralyzed to stand up and walk, they've seen him with his own hands and a word of his mouth calm a storm. They have figured something out. The secret to who he was, the secret to how he lived, the secret to the things that he was able to do, 
all stemmed from the answer to this question. Lord Jesus, would you teach us how to depend wholly upon God? Master, teacher, rabbi, would you help us to know what it looks like to to be people of prayer? They knew the secret for his life ministry was his private life with God, his abiding in God, his total and complete dependence upon God. In prayer, friends, we have an invitation to a greater spiritual life. This is what it looks like to really learn to grow with God, is to respond to the invitation to prayer. One final passage before I'm finished with my time, and that's right, I just said I'm almost finished with my time. Some of you are looking at your watch and you're going, this cannot be right. Verses 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. The scripture says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. This phrase, pray without ceasing, um, is what I want to call attention to. Because here's what I believe it teaches us. Prayer is not an activity, but it's a posture. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Last time I flew on a plane, there was a, a priest beside me. I don't know exactly what he, what denomination or religion he represented because he could not speak English. He spoke a different language. But the entire flight, he had a um, prayer sheet in front of him and he literally rocked back and forth and he was praying in a different language the whole time. I felt very convicted because I was like, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm a pastor, but I don't pray that much, right? I mean, from the time we took off to the time we landed, that guy never stopped praying. Now, there are some who might read uh, the, the verse in 1 Thessalonians 5 and go, pray without ceasing. Is that what it means, right? Is that I have to give 24-7. I have to become a monk or I have to become a nun. I have to give all of this time to just literally sitting and, and just actually praying. Well, you go to live your life and you live in the calling that you have. And if you're a parent or if you're a teacher or if you're a worker or a student, whatever it is that you do day to day, you know that it is not possible if you think about prayer as an activity to pray like that at every moment of every day where there's nothing else going on around you nothing else that needs your attention and all you're doing is literally just sitting and 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 pouring out your heart before God in silence in personal space that is just not reality so how then do you pray without ceasing you have to recognize that it's not activity that we're talking about, but it's a posture. It's an ongoing posture, a heart cry that never ceases, a dependence deep within, a yearning 
a gift of the Holy Spirit, a deep yearning with our spirit. God, I need you. God, I desire you. God, I love you. God, you're with me and I'm with you. A recognition of his presence, a longing for his power and a dependence upon his promise that happens deep within the heart. It's a posture of ongoing relationship and conversation with our Father who loves us. This is what it means to pray, not an activity, but a posture. And that's why in the definition of desperate dependence, we say it is a posture. It's a posture of abiding. As Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. You are the branch. I am the vine. Stay attached to me, John 15. Draw from me. Let the fruit of your life come because your attention is focused on drawing from me, abiding in my presence, longing for my power. At every moment of every day, you going, I can't because you can't. Lord, I'm not sufficient, but God, your grace is. God, in this situation, I need you. I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you, right? It's that ongoing song of our life. I need you, God. And depending upon his promise. So Psalm 1, meditating on his word, day and night, drawing like a tree planted by the bank of the Mississippi River whose roots go deep into the water and pulls out nutrients. How do they grow so big and strong and tall? How do they survive all the storms that come through? They're drawing from something deeper. Like a tree planted by stream of water, so you plant yourself in God's word and draw from him and draw from his promise and draw from what he has said. A posture of abiding in his presence and longing for his power and depending on his promise. Prayer is not an activity, but a posture. So I summarize and close. God is inviting you today and in the season ahead. He is inviting you into an ever-increasing, abiding life of complete dependence upon him through prayer. I really believe that sometimes God uses situations and circumstances in our life to get our attention. He puts us through seasons that require us to be desperate for him. I believe there are many of us today who are in this room who are in a season right now where God has positioned you and he's working circumstantially around you such that he's trying to get your attention to come closer into dependence with him. He's inviting you in that season and he's inviting our church in this season to learn what it's like not to depend on self but depend wholly upon him. To grow in this posture of abiding in his presence depending upon his promise longing for his power. This is the invitation. The question is, how will you respond? Without faith, Hebrews 11 says, it is impossible to please God. You have to believe him, that he rewards those who seek him. Will you in this season respond with faith? How do you do that? You come just as you are. 
Thanks again for listening to this Bible teaching from Island Community Church. We want to encourage you to join us for worship in person soon. No podcast can replace God's good design of gathering with other believers in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church, visit us at iccmemphis.com. We offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.